The following is brought to you by a member of the Podfix Network. Season's greetings, and welcome to yet another rendition of the Cretans Guild Playhouse. For the third year in a row, we shall attempt to sully a classic holiday tale. And just like last year, we are once again joined by a horde of fellow podcasters and content creators. As we take on your dad's classic film, Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life. We begin in a small town in upstate New York, where one George Bailey, who is in financial terror, carries the knowledge that he is worth more dead than alive. George comes out of the bank into the falling snow. He crosses the street, tugs at the door, not his penis, you freaking heathens, of his old car. <laughs> Finally, steps out of the door, thank God he has pants on this time, and drives off. An attractive little roadside tavern with the name Martini's is neon lights on the front wall. This place is an Italian restaurant with bar. The bottles sparkle. There's Christmas greens and holly decorating the place. Like, it's fucking nice. It has a warm, welcoming spirit, like Martini himself. <laughs> oh, he's very welcoming, especially when you go into the back room. That's how I pay for my bar debts. Who is welcoming new arrivals. The booths that are checkered cloth-covered tables are full. Everything's full. It's doing great. There's an air of festivity and friendliness. All more like a party than a public drinking place. George is seated at the bar. He has a great deal to drink. Far more than he's accustomed to. Those frushkas are flowing heavily tonight. <laughs> Merry fucking Christmas. Glad you came. What'd you like tonight? You got some of that good spaghetti? I got fucking spaghetti. Nick, the bartender, has a surly mouth, is watching him closely. I don't even know how to fucking say that word. Seated on the other side of George is a burly <laughs> individual, very burly, drinking a glass of beer. George starts to mumble. My God, dear Father in Heaven, I'm not a praying man, <laughs> but if you're up there and you can hear me, show me the way. <laughs> I am at the end of my rope. Show me the way, God. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. Are you all right, George? want someone to take you home. George shakes his head. Martini comes over to his side. What the fuck you drinking so much for, my friend? Go the fuck home, Mr. Bailey. It's Christmas fucking Eve. The man next to George, who has been listening, reacts sharply to the name Bailey. Ooh, Bailey? Which Bailey? <laughs> this is Mr. George Bailey. You all right, George? <laughs> Without any warning, the burly man throws a vicious punch at George, hits him right in the groin, who goes down and out. Just from a groin punch. Very intense. Martini, Nick, and several others rush to pick him up. Ah, my groin! <laughs> Ooh, and the next time you talk to my wife like that, you'll get worse. <laughs> she cried for an hour. It isn't enough. She slaves teaching your stupid kids how to read and write. And you have to ball... <laughs> you have to ball her out? What does that mean? Get the fuck out of here, Mr. Welch. Just because George Bailey goes balls deep in your wife, you don't get to hit me, best friend. (laughs) Get out. You get out of here quick. Nick and Martini shove the cuck out the door, then run back to help George to his feet. George's mouth is cut and bleeding, and it looks very tempting right now. That's a bridge too fucking far there, narrator. (laughs) (laughs) My cock holster. Who was that? Are you all right, George? Thanks for playing along, Nick. <laughs> don't worry. His name is Welch. He don't come into my place no more. Oh, Welch. What a fucking dick. That's what I get for praying. Ah, there's no God. He don't listen. 
That's the last time he come in here. You hear that, Nick? Yes, you bet. George starts to pat down all of his pockets in a huff. Oh, where's my Merkin and, and my insurance policy? Oh, yeah, here we go. Please don't go out this way, Mr. Bailey. Ah, I'm all right. Nick and Martini try to stop him, but he shrugs them off. I'm not all right. I'm... Ah, please don't go away. Play it there. I don't fucking care. Go away. Get out. <laughs> George opens the door and exits to the street. Now with George driving along an empty street through the fallen snow, suddenly swerves and crashes into a tree near the sidewalk of a house. Fucking idiot should have been driving drunk. George gets out to look at the damage and savagely kicks the open door of the car. The noise brings the owner of the house running out. What do you think the fuck you're doing? George stands unsteadily near the car. Kicking your car! The front lights are broken and the tender... The tender... The fender is ripped. I'm thinking about chicken. I'm hungry. George stands dully, <laughs> dully looking at the damage. The owner up looking at his tree. Now look what you did. My fucking great-grandpa planted this tree. Well, it's his own dumbass fault for putting a tree where people drive drunk. George staggers off down the street. Hey, 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 you. Come back here, you drunken fool. Get this car out of here. No. George is crossing the approach to the bridge and takes a narrow catwalk on at the railing. George has stopped by the railing at the center of the bridge, whips out his penis and pisses off of it. <laughs> Snow is now coming hard, just like George will be later tonight. Giggity. <laughs> 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 He stares down at the water. Despite trying to make up his mind to act, he leans over and looks at the water. Fascinated, glances around him, hunches himself as though he's about to jump. I want to live, not. From above, George, from above, George, a body hurls past and in the water with a loud splash. George looks down, horrified. Help! Help! George quickly takes off his coat, his pants, and everything else. He runs over the railing of the water and swims towards the stranger. I said help, there are teamsters down here. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll, I'll be right down. Just let me take off my pants and jacket. Uh, hell yeah. In your own time, honey. The toll house keeper, hearing the cries for help, comes running out on the bridge with a flashlight which shines down the two figures struggling in the water below. It looks like they're kind of just having fun. George grabs a hold of him and starts swimming for shore. Tough to do while you're jerking him off. That's the only way you bring someone back to shore. Give him an old fashioned. <laughs> After a short time, the men inside the toll house shack... A very short time? What was that all about? I last longer, I swear. <laughs> Finished on a fish. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a sea cucumber. <laughs> George is seated before a wood-burning stove with his clothes drying on the line. He is sipping a mug of hot coffee, staring at the stove, cold, gloomy, and drunk. Ignoring the man he saved at the toll keeper, preoccupied by his uh, near suicide and his unsolved problems. The stranger is soft-spoken, elderly man with all of his hair white with age. That's right. They're especially on his balls. He's sitting there naked with George. <laughs> he is standing on the other side of the stove from George, putting on his underskirt, undershirt. <laughs> He's getting a little freaky. We'll stick with underskirt. One thing before the other. It is a lucrous 17th century garment and looks like an elf nightgown. Embroidered. Ah, fuck's sakes. This, Toby, you shouldn't have got me nervous, you cocksucker. <laughs> With embroidered cuffs and collar, and gathered at the neck with a string. The toll keeper is seated across the wall, eyeing them suspiciously, wanting to fuck them both. <laughs> the man who George saved from the water has become aware that the garment is is amazing. The toll keeper. I'm cracking a fucking beer. Fuck this shit. <laughs> <laughs>
What took so long? <laughs> Don't worry, narrator. I'll be uh, visiting you next. Oh, I didn't have time to get something stylish. My wife gave this to me on my last birthday. I passed away, and also I evacuated my bowels into it. The goalkeeper is about to spit. It's stopped in the middle of it by a remark. The man secretly trying to get George's attention now picks up a book, which is hanging on the line. It says, horse, how to use them. Dry and all, it shakes the pages. <laughs> didn't think the speak and say had been invented yet, but <laughs> heaven is full of wonders, yes. Well, let's let this dry out. Uh, you should read the new book by Mark Twain, also, who did not write this one. <laughs> because it has nothing to do with riverbouts and racism. <laughs> like how you fall in, dude? <laughs> I, I didn't fall in. Uh, let me... Let me check my napkin here. Oh yeah, I jumped in to save George. George looks up, surprised. You what? To save me? Well, I did, didn't I? You didn't go through with it, did ya? Go through with what? What you talking about, you crazy old naked balls man? I'm not the one trying to kill myself over $8,000, dude. It's 1914, it's so many money. <laughs> like, it's against the law to commit suicide around here, it's dude. It's against the law where I come from, too. But not insider trading, for some reason. Well, fuck you, Scoots. <laughs> All right, where do you come from, man? Canada. I mean heaven. Heaven. We'll go with it. <laughs> I had to act quickly. Same thing, same thing. <laughs> Wonderful healthcare up there. Eh? But then I knocked my balls and fell and improvised. And uh, I knew if uh, I were drowning, you'd try to save me. And you did, you see. And that's how I saved you, and that's how the judge is going to hear it. The tollkeeper becomes increasingly nervous. Sweaty palms. He wants to touch both these men generously. <laughs> George casually looks at the strange, the strange smiling little man a second time, looking him up and down, sizing his bulge. Ha 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 That's very funny! You know what else is funny, bitch? Your lips bleeding. Look at him, his lips bleeding. George's hand goes through his mouth, seductively. <laughs> uh, yeah, somebody busted on my jaw in answer to a prayer a little while ago. Oh, no, 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 uh, I'm uh, the answer to your prayer, see? That's why I was sent down here. How you know my name? Is it because of my name tag? <laughs> it would have been if I knew how to read. Oh, wait a minute. Just kind of cannibalized my own joke. Well, never mind that shit. Oh, I know all about you. I've watched you grow up from a little boy. That's kind of weird. You are like Lopez, the, the town rapist. <laughs> I mean, your house was all picture windows back then. You made it damn easy. Anyway, my name's Clarence Oddbody. That's a little too on the nose. AS2. AS2? I do not know uh, how to make the letters sound. What that means. <laughs> You're doing a remarkable job, babe. Angel uh, Zero Class. Uh, second, I mean, second class. Yeah. The tollkeeper's chair slips out from underneath him with a crash. Bang! <laughs> sound effects. Production. <laughs> <laughs> He has been leaning against the wall on it. It flipped back on two legs. He then makes his way warily out the door. From his expression, he looks like he'll call the nearest cop. Gotta get the fuzz, Scoob. <laughs> I pick hell of a day to quit sniffing glue. <laughs> hey, why you say that you want to save me? You don't even know me. That's what I was sent down here for. I'm your guardian angel. Yeah, fucking figures, you saggy ball man. <laughs> 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 Look, the line was a short bench. I mean, I don't know what I can tell you. 
Uh, ridiculous of you to think of killing yourself for money. Eight thousand dollars, and I wouldn't cash you in for eight dollars. Hey, yeah, wait. How you know it's eight thousand dollars? Where you took my money? I told you, I'm your guardian angel. I know everything about you. George, it's his pants. You don't even have wings. You you fell into the river. You couldn't even fly. You suck. That was rude, but <laughs> I haven't won my wings yet. That's why I'm an angel zero, second, second class. Loser! Okay, you know what? <laughs> I, I don't know. That, uh, that's uh, pretty shitty. I don't know if I like being seen. At least if you had one, you could fly in circles and would be funny. <laughs> I know, and I could drop deuces on cop cars, but we can't ever get everything we want. <laughs> so I've got to earn them, and you'll help me, won't you? You know, when I was young, I wanted my teacher ask if I could be any animal, what would I be? And I said, a bird. And she said, so you could fly? And I said, no, so my shit would be white. I mean, how I help you. <laughs> <laughs> By one, taking this cork and putting it in your backside. By two, only one way you can help me, uh, other than that first thing that I had just gone over. You don't happen to have 8,000... Oh... That's you. Yeah, that is my line. Wow, you are good. You are very good, age. You really know everything about him. <laughs> I'm only, I can only do one accent per day, bud. Uh, and today it's B-list celebrities that might be dead. Anyway, Q, by letting me help you. Uh, only one way you help me. You give me money. No, 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 no. Uh, we uh, we don't use money in heaven, uh, just cocaine. Uh, you know, we are uh, not in heaven. We, uh, Bedford Falls, we use money here. And cocaine. <laughs> Angel dust. I would go, oh, tut, tut, tut. <laughs> but I guess that means we have a global currency between us, too. Anyway, let's just say for the sake of argument that both of us are cash poor. Yes, that, uh, that sounds right. Very bad. Great. In other words, right now, you'd be worth more dead than alive, according to that tidy stack of papers you've got in your jacket pocket, correct? Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, uh, yeah, about uh, $8,001. Now look, I mustn't talk like that. I sure hope you don't start talking like that. I won't get my wings with that attitude. You just don't know all that you've done. If it hadn't been for you... Yeah, well, if it hadn't been for me, everyone would be better off. Especially my wife, and my kids, <laughs> this and my sister. That one still blows my mind, man. <laughs> uh, look, uh, little dickface, uh, you go and uh, fuck off now. No, you don't understand. I've got my job. Oh, what kind of job? Hand or blow? Clarence is not getting <laughs> far with George. There's no blowing or handies going on. He glances up, paces across the room thoughtfully. Clarence? Is that me? Oh, shit. <laughs> 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 quit, quit pacing. Yeah. I've been pacing really hard around this one. I'm sorry, I'm kind of lost. Where the fuck are we? <laughs> <laughs> so you still think killing yourself would make everyone feel happier, eh? Yes. Well, uh, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe it'd be better if I uh, never been born. Come out my mom's vagine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad you said it. For oh, well, hold on a second. Uh, what, what'd you say? I say, my mom's vagine. <laughs> oh, you, you mustn't say things like that. Uh, oh, hold on. You, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, let's exploit that. Clarence begins to speak to the ceiling. Hold on a second. Like a fucking crazy man. Uh, just waiting for the hit to come. Here we go. Oh, hey, uh, what do you think, boss? Yeah. 
Yeah, that'll do it, all right. You've got your wish, George. You've never been born. As Clarence speaks this time, the snow stops falling outside the building, but the snow's still going inside with all the cocaine lying around. A strong <laughs> wind springs up which blows the doors open, and all the cocaine all over the place in the shack. Both men are worried. Clarence runs to close the door and try to save the cocaine. Okay, bitch, you don't have to be all theatrical about it. As Clarence speaks, George cocks, <laughs> cocks his head curiously. Watch it! <laughs> Favoring his deaf ear. Angel second class. Read the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Easy, George Cox. Ass two. Rubbing, rubbing the head. Not the bottom one. More interested in his hearing than what Clarence has said. What'd you do to all the blow? I mean, what'd you say? <laughs> you have never been born. You don't exist. You haven't a care in the world like many corpses. No worries, no obligations, no $8,000 to get, no Potter looking for you with the sheriff. Wait, which Potter? Harry? Harry Potter? I am a horcrux. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have problem with my ear. One time, town rape is stick his dick in it, and I have problem hearing. You know, it's kind of funny. We saw that upstairs, too, and nobody did anything about it. I don't know what's wrong with us. <laughs> the organization's a little disorganized. Your lip has stopped bleeding, too, George. Oh, that's because I was punched in crotch. That was just internal bleeding. <laughs> George looks around as though to get his bearings. It stops snowing out. George feels the clothes are on the line. He's still naked, which is kind of weird, but hot, but weird. They are dry now. <laughs> oh, look at that. The stove is hotter than I thought. This will feel nice on my bare buttocks. <laughs> you uh, also well, you get clothes on, but it's optional. And uh, we'll stroll up to my car and. No, you fly. You fly. You carry me, you broke-ass bitch. <laughs> First of all, it's going to be a culottes-only affair for the rest of the night, and you're going to have to deal with that. Second of all, about the no wings thing. Oh, I forgot. You suck. That's rude. I don't know why I'm doing this. It's all pro gratis. Oh, yeah, the wings thing. Okay. The two men arrive at the same empty street where George's car swerved into the tree near the sidewalk. George and Clarence come up to the spot where George had left his car, smashed against a tree. George looks around, but his car is nowhere to be seen. Fucking call Scully and Mulder, and the tree is undamaged. What's, uh, what's the matter? The matter is divided into four different solid, liquid, gas, and sometimes <laughs> plasma. <laughs> <laughs> We don't tolerate science up here. Anyway, you have no car. Not that you had much of one before. Yeah, my car, uh, I leave wrapped around this tree. Was ice cream truck full of bear. <laughs> <laughs> the owner of the house passes with some Christmas packages under his arm. Good evening. Uh, go fuck yourself. Where's my car? What the fuck did you say? I said my car. I crash into your tree after I defecate in your bushes. Uh, what tree? Well, it is this tree. It has big gash. It hangs down like sleeve of wizard. <laughs> you must mean the other two trees. You had me fucking worried. It's one of the oldest trees in Pottersville, you asshole. Uh, the fuck is Pottersville? This, uh, this is my town of Cusack. Dude, how much have you had to drink? Is that cocaine all over you? Damn. I mean Pottersville. Do you think I don't know where I live? What the 
fuck is the matter with you? The homer proceeds towards his house. Maybe you are uh, stupid. I'm not going to referee this. <clears throat> That's your problem, man. <laughs> uh, maybe I leave car at Martini's, the racist bar. <laughs> Let's go, uh, 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 Paul McCartney out wings. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> the two men walk up to Martini's place, but it's almost unrecognizable. It's changed a lot, and now it's a racist bar. <laughs> the cheerful Italian feeling is gone. It's all gone. It's more of a hard drinking joint, a honky tonk. It sounds about right. Rebel flags on the wall. Watch out, stars and bars. <laughs> Same bar, but lights are dimmer than before, and then the tables with no covers. People are lowered down and tur. Damn right they are. Probably from Texas. Nick, the bartender, is behind the bar. George and Clarence enter. George does not notice the difference, but Clarence is all eyes and beaming. They go up to the bar. Yeah, Martini is a good friend of mine. Usually not as much Nazi memorabilia in bar, but uh, he served good spaghetti. <laughs> Nick is wiping off the bar as he sit down and puts his hood on. Yeah, what, what you wipe off the bar, it looks like spooge and blood. Also, where Martini is. <laughs> You want a martini? No, no, your boss, Martini. Look, I'm the boss. You want a drink or don't you? Well, I don't usually, but uh, triple vodka with a cocaine back. <laughs> okay, what's yours? I was just uh, thinking. Uh... <laughs> oh god, I hate that. It's been so long since I. Uh... Look, Mister, I'm standing here waiting for you to make up your mind. <laughs> He'll have a blowjob, and then he'll decide on his drink. That's, uh, that's a good man. Uh, or two. I was just thinking of a flaming rum punch. No, no, no. It's not cold enough for that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got it. A nice room temperature fresca. There it is. You know how I like it stirred. So off with me, lad, and be lively. Hey, look, mister. We serve hard drinks in here for men who want to get drunk fast. I asked for a fresca. <laughs> and we don't need any characters around to give the joint atmosphere. Is that clear? Or do I have to slip you my left for a convincer? Yeah. Uh... As he says this, Nick leans over the counter and puts his left fist nearly in Clarence's eye. Clarence is puzzled by this conduct. I can't... <coughs> I can't help but think by the beverage you've given me and uh, this gesture that you're inviting me out by the dumpster. I don't know what is wrong with him. I never see him act like that before or wear so much racist paraphernalia. Not that the bar has been set considerably low, but you're going to see a lot of strange things from now on. Hey, uh, little fellow, you worry me. You got some place to sleep? Oh, sorry, I was talking to my, uh, my, my crumb. Good, I was wondering if you... Okay, well, now that we've got that addressed, uh, uh, I'm afraid not, except for your future nightmares. Uh, you don't, huh? Uh, you got the money, you buy my drink, right? Having been previously over this, may I remind you that I'm carrying some primo booger sugar. Then <laughs> <laughs> why you jump in the river? It melts like sugar and coffee. Right, I dropped my Coke spoon. I mean... I jumped in the river to save you, so, again, I could get my wings. Oh, yes. Band on the run. Nick <laughs> <laughs> has been listening to wings a lot recently, and also to this conversation. He's pouring the drinks. Bottle poised in his hand. The sound, ca <clears throat> the sound cash register bell rings from down the bar. Uh-oh. Somebody's just made it. Uh, made what? <laughs> <laughs> Every time you hear a bell ring, it means some angels just got his wings. Well, certainly not you, dipshit. 
I know I'm still down here. But uh, why don't they believe in angels? Yeah, maybe hell's angels. Uh, this is racist, but. <laughs> 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 but why should they be surprised when they see one, besides the fact that this is Bedford Falls and not Sturgis? <laughs> <laughs> uh, how old you are there, uh, Clary? It's uh, 200... What? No, uh, 293 next May. My prostate is huge. Nick slams the bottle down. His anus. Okay. That does it. Our YouTube pixies go through the door or out the window. Hey, look, Nick. No need for defenestration. That, uh, little extreme. <laughs> and that's another thing. Where do you come off calling me Nick? Hey, wait. Is your name not Nick? What's that got to do with it? I don't know you from Adam's Zofox. A small wreck of a man with weak, watery, watery eyes has walked inside trying not to be noticed. Obviously a broken-down panhandler. With his hat in his hand, George can hardly believe his eyes. It's the grower of the drug... Lo- what? The grower of the druggist? <laughs> Gower of the druggist. Is Gozer the destructor? <laughs> Didn't I tell you never to come handling around here? Nick picks up a seltzer bottle. <laughs> Sprays him. Sprays him. Sprays Gower in the face. The crowd laugh brutally, <laughs> brutally, fuck's sakes. <laughs> Gower smiles weakly as the soda runs off his face. Thank God it's only soda. <laughs> George is horrified, leaps up and goes over to Grower. Hey, Gandalf, what you doing? You are Gandalf the Grey. You know me. <laughs> I, uh, I uh, know you from Kuzik. Huh? 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 No, 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 no. I know you not. Throw the tramp out. Two bouncers throw Gower. My <laughs> cat name, fuck's sakes. Oh. <laughs> my Canadian accent. I'm a shower, not a goer. <laughs> the front door, George rushes back to the bar. Hey, what is it? Hey, Nick, isn't that uh, Mr. Goward the rapist? You know, that's another reason for me not to like you. That rumhead spent 20 years in jail for poisoning a kid. If you know him, you must be a jailbird yourself. Boys, would you show these gentlemen to the door as well? George and Clarence come flying through the door and land in the snow. Nick at the cash register, busily ringing the bell. That's a lot of fucking wings. <laughs> hey, get me, I'm giving out wings. <laughs> the Red Bull bartenders. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, that's me. <laughs> Has a strange puzzled look on his face. Like he just uh, had sex in the back of a Volkswagen. <laughs> They remain for a moment as they landed, looking at each other, gazing deeply into each other's eyes, lips almost touching. You, you see, George... Oh, God, what did you just... Ha- anyway, anyway, you were not there to stop Gower from putting the poison into... The what? The kid? That was not the poison. That was a... Uh, he's a robber fist. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. <laughs> George catches a glimpse of what he just said mentally in his own head and cringes. With a neon sign over the door, it now reads Nick's Place instead of Martini's. Hey. Nick's racist bar, sorry. <laughs> they spell a martini very, very wrong. Hey, wait a minute. Who are you, old man? We have been over this. I'm your guardian angel. George, still looking at him, love is more intensifying at this point, goes up to him and pokes Clarence's arm with his wiener. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. Did you, uh, 
sleep in me, Mickey, and make me think that uh, we are having a sexy time? <laughs> no, I mean, if I did, it was purely unintentional. Then, uh, why I see all these stranger things? Don't you understand, George? It's because you were not born. Also, cocaine. <laughs> if I'm not born, how am I uh, standing here? Look at me, you can see my crumb. Well, I suppose if I had some decent segue there, I would have said, you are a nobody, you have no identity, you're an abstract right now, I'll just keep running you down until you tell me to stop. Hey, what you mean, no identity? My name is Barat, <laughs> I like you. There... <laughs> there is no Barat. You have no papers, clearly, no cards, no driver's license, <laughs> Thank you. No 4F card. Oh, uh, yeah, it's the 40s. No insurance policy, and there is no spoon. <laughs> George passed down his pockets. Then he looks at his watch pocket. They're not there either. How you make all my pockets disappear? Shit. <laughs> 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 If the state of your pockets is shocking you, wait till you see what's happened to your testicles. Anyway, <laughs> Zuzu's pedals are not there. Uh, of course, because there's no pockets, apparently. Uh, I'm going to try to turn out my non-existent pockets out. George feverishly continues to turn <laughs> his pockets inside out. <laughs> You're a gift among gifts, George. You've been given a great gift, George. Uh, I haven't been given a great gift, but we'll see where this goes. A chance to see what the world would be like without you. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Why do I only have three testicles? <laughs> Where did the other two go? You know what? They're probably stealing the jar above my bed. I'm going home. <laughs> home? What home? You don't have a house to put all five of your testicles in. <laughs> you shut up. You, you a crazy man. Yeah, you're screwy, and you give me uh, drugs, and now I don't have my testicles, and Nick is racist, and Gower, and he, no, no, give me the poison to the children. Fuck you, I'm going home. <laughs> George strides off hurriedly. Claire slowly follows him, glancing up towards heaven as he goes, shaking his head in an epic facepalm. I don't want to know how I'm doing, Joseph. Just just turn it down to zero. We'll we'll get back to each other momentarily. Just keep it stum, all right? I ain't got time. George walks up to the town marker. The sign bearing the name of the town reads, Pottersville. George looks at him in surprise and starts up the street towards the main part of town. The character and feel of the place has completely changed. It is extremely racist now. When before it was a quiet, ordinary small town, it has now become a nature of a frontier village. Ah, Frontenac. There are nightclubs, cafes, bars, liquor stores, racist bars, pool halls, cocaine clubs, and a uh, meeting for people and white fans. And all that like, with blaring jazz music, the devil's music, that goes with the devil's lettuce, <laughs> a majority of all of them. The motion picture theater has become a glory hole bar. And it's absolutely a wonderful place. You should stop by sometimes. I have spent wonderful fortnights there. <laughs> Gower's Drugstore is now a palm broker's, palm broker's establishment and so on. George stops before what used to be the offices of building and loan. It is now a garlic electric sign over the entrance saying, Welcome, jitterbugs. A crowd of people are watching the police who are raiding the place and dragging out a number of screaming women who they threw out 
into, uh, threw into a patrol wagon. George walks up and one of the cops. Hey, uh, why you take all the uh, the women's and also where uh, where the building and loan is? The building and what? A loan is not hard word, stupid. They went out to business years ago. George sees the struggling figure of a woman, arrayed as a tart, a butter tart, <laughs> being dragged into the patrol wagon. Hey, he's Velvet, a town prostitute, a Velvet Dick. <laughs> I know, I know. I know that girl. She nice. She is my sister. The cop shoves George to one side. He looks around and sees Ernie's taxi cruising slowly by. Hey, Ernie, don't eat cookies in the damn bed. <laughs> Ask ass or grass, no one rides for free where you live. <laughs> I am off my nut, and my nut off on you. Ernie stops the cab, and George enters it. Where do you fucking live? I live in Ekusek, a small town in Kazakhstan, renowned for potassium. <laughs> All right, so you live at the banana hammock. <laughs> he pulls down the flag on the meter and starts the cab. Ernie is puzzled by the stranger. What? A little bit eroticized by him, too. Now, you looky here, Ernie. You straighten me out and finish me off. <laughs> you are Ernie Bishop, and you live in the Bailey Park with your wife and somebody's kids. You seen my wife? Seen your wife? Oh, yes, we have great sexy time. <laughs> Listen, bud, what's the idea? I live in a shack in Pottersfield. My wife ran off three years ago as some fucker and took the kid. I had never seen you before in my life. Yeah, it's fine. The kid was ugly. Not yours anyway. Didn't matter. <laughs> you just bring me to my house. As Ernie turns a corner, he passes the burlesque house. They stop off for a good old-fashioned. <clears throat> he sees Bert the cop standing beside his police car. Attracting his attention, he motions to Bert to follow him, indicating he has a nut in the back. Bert gets into his car and follows. Once at the house, George gets out and looks around. Yo, this your fucking house? <laughs> yes, I did not mean to not in the back. Uh, it happens all the time, don't worry about it. But this fucking place ain't been lived in for 20 years, pal. Yes, well, uh, it's wrong. We use metric system. <laughs> George is stopped momentarily by the appearance of his house. Windows are broken, the porch sags, just like his balls. <laughs> Doors and shutters hang askew on their hinges. George approaches his house. The police car has pulled up beside the cab. Both taxi driver and officer stand watching George's actions. George starts beating off feverishly. What's up, Ernie? God, I don't fucking know, but you best keep an eye on this guy. He's batshit. Ernie switches on a spotlight on his cab. He turns the beam towards the old house. The interior of the house is lit up here and there, ghost-like. But Ernie's spotlight, no furniture, multiple cobwebs, wallpaper hanging, stairs are broken and collapsed. Uh, my wife, Tommy... Jamie, Janie, Pete, Wendell, Scout, Hunter, Wendell, George Jr., Borat Jr., Spot, Meetings, Zazu, Hazuzu, Jesus, where everyone is. Clarence can now be seen leaning against a wall. And I hear, George, you have no children. Well, what you do with my kids, I could have sold them for $8,000. <laughs> Bert is standing in the entrance with his gun in his hand. Ernie is a few feet behind him, ready to run. All right, put up your hands. No fast moves. Come on out here, both of you. 
Bert, why you sound like Sammy Davis? <laughs> uh, what happened to uh, this house? It is so much nicer than before. Where uh, where Mary is, she my wife, uh, she uh, very good on the plow. Shoot him, Bert. Come on, come on. No, you, uh, you suck. <laughs> well, you were, uh, you were both here at my wedding night. You, uh, help a push. You, uh, you stood out on the porch and you sing a rubber ducky at us. I help you move into the nice neighborhood away from all the poors. <laughs> uh, I need to go. Look, now why don't you be a good kid and we'll take you into a doctor. Everything's going to be all right. Bert tries to lead George away by the arm, but George struggles with him, trying to explain, pointing at Clarence. Hey, this guy, uh, he's sleeping me drugs. He make my cocaine uh, full of LSD. Bert raises his gun to hit George on the head, and he does so. Clarence dust, or darts in it and flexes his teeth in Bert's wrist, forcing him to let George go. <laughs> run, George, run. Get, you taste like high karate. Away I go! <laughs> George dashes out of the house and down the street. As Burke grapples with Clarence, they fall to the ground, wrestling, hopefully with oil and in a pool, and naked. That's what I want to see. We see Bert kneeling, trying to put handcuffs on Clarence. Hopefully he gets a blowjob out of it. It's not on his wrists. I'm supposed to say help here, but honey, there's like oil and handcuffs all over the place, so I'm not. Suddenly Clarence disappears from under Bert's hands. Burke gets up, amazed by his vanishing. David fucking Copperfield up in this bitch. Where did he go? I hit him right here. Ernie's hair is now standing on end with fright. I need a fucking drink. Don't we all, Ernie? <laughs> Don't we all? George runs up the path to the front door of the house and he raps on the door. Like, one, two, I'm coming in you. <laughs> <laughs> he rings the bell That's great. and taps on the glass. When his attention is caught by a sign on the wall reading, Ma Bailey's boarding house, the door opens and a woman appears. It's George's mother. He is very aroused. Ma Bailey, but as she changed amazingly, her face is harsh and tired. In her eyes, once kindly and understanding, there is now cold suspicion. All the drugs, the meth has gotten to her. Mom, mama. Oh, oh, you want that? Oh, I can be your mama. What do you want, baby? Well, uh, you know, technically, I have never been born, so you are not really my mother. Uh, oh, okay. If you're looking for a room, there's no vacancy. She starts to close the door. George sticks his dick in the way. Uh, please open oh. door. These hurt. <laughs> hey, something terrible has happened to me, and uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, let me come in. Keep me here till uh, I get over it, and maybe uh, you finish him. Get over what? I'm not finishing you. I don't take strangers in unless they've been finished by someone well, else. Well, uh, I know everybody you know. Uh, what about uh, Uncle Vladimir? Uncle Vladimir, you know him? Yeah, everybody know Uncle Vladimir. He dance, When did you last see that fucker? Uh, yeah, I see him today at uh, my ruined house. That's a lie. He's been in the same asylum ever since he lost his business. And if you ask me, he should have looked where he was going before he jacked off those boys. <laughs> <laughs> she slams the door shut in George's face and on his wiener. <laughs> Oh, 
<laughs> George stands a moment stunned because now he is now flaccid. Then he turns around and runs out on the sidewalk. His features are distorted by emotional chaos within him. He's fucking like an emo kid sitting in the bathtub full of blood and singing songs. We've seen Clarence leaning on the mailbox at the curb, holding his volume of Tom Sawyer in his hand, or like listening to Tom Sawyer by Rush, great Canadian band. The sounds of salesmen! Strange, isn't it, how we've never heard from uh, Getty Lee after the 80s? Uh, Anyway, each man's life touches so many other lives, and uh, when he isn't around, he leaves an awful big goatsy-sized hole, doesn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I heard you you are wizard. You put uh, some kind of uh, gypsy spell on me, and this, uh, I know, uh, this happened when I had cocaine martini. The two approach a tree from which the Bailey Park sign once hang. Now it's just outside of a cemetery. Wonderful place. Go visit. <laughs> With graves where the houses used to be. This is pretty cool. You can hang out here and write all your bad poetry, you emo kid, you. Anyway, so, are you sure this is Bailey Park? Uh, this seems more like uh, My Chemical Romance Park. <laughs> hey, where, where are all the hor- horses? <laughs> no, houses. And how many Christians are there in Eastern Bloc Europe? <laughs> 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 Sorry to get off track there. You weren't here to build those houses. George wandering like a lost soul among the tombstones. Joining the Black Parade. <laughs> <laughs> Again, George stops and stares at eyes at the tombstone. Engraved a name. Harry Bailey. Previously, George scrapes away the snow covering the rest of the inscription, which reads, In memory of our beloved son, Harry Bailey, 1911 to 1919. Damn, that's not a long time. I'm sad now. (laughs) That's some seriously astute narration there, narrator. I'm here to be astute. I'm the astute one. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) Yeah, the astutest of the astutes. Your brother Harry Bailey broke through the ice and was drowned at the age of nine. <laughs> yeah, that is lie. It says 1911 to 1919, and most he was eight. <laughs> what kind of angel you are? What kind of math they use in heaven? You fucker. <laughs> also, he won Congressional Medal of Honor, two Purple Hearts, a, a red balloon and green clover. <laughs> Every man on that transport died, like I'm dying right now. Harry wasn't there to save them because you weren't there to save Harry. You see, George, you really had a wonderful life. Don't you see what a mistake it would be to throw it away? Hey, wonderful life, that is the name of the movie. <laughs> Shit, yeah? (laughs) Also, uh, where is Mary? There's something about her. (laughs) (laughs) I have to give her the hair gel. I don't want to tell you something about Mary. That's a long long story. I don't know how you know these things, but uh, where is she? If you know where she is, tell me where is my wife. I'm, uh, I'm not supposed to tell. 
Oh, who's gonna tell you? The big, bad, the jeebus, and booger man? <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to <laughs> like it, George. George grabs Clarence by the shirt collar. Is she number three po- prostitute in all Pottersville? Not even eight. <laughs> Where's she at, dog? There must be some easier way for me to get my wings. Actually, this whole heaven thing's a bit overcooked. I'm uh, kind of thinking about it again. Maybe she is a... Uh, Outside and closing up the library because she never got married. (laughs) You know, the thought had occurred to me, but I'm sitting here rubbing a broken coccyx and having an internal struggle. Maybe, maybe, buddy, you better listen. You hit the streets and you go hunt it down yourself. I got my own problems. The ability to fly ain't worth it as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, off you go. Well, this definitely will not seem weird if I just run up to her. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to seem any less weirder if I tell you to go and do it. Especially with her leaving leaving her work. Well, how about you go outside the library and start there? <laughs> outside the library, Mary comes out the door and turns and locks it. George is watching her from the sidewalk. Mary is very different. No buoyancy walk, no bosom shaking, none of Mary's abandoned all of love of life. It's pretty sad. She's an emo girl now, too. Scene girl. You can buy her bath water and drink it. Glasses, no makeup, <laughs> lips compressed, elbows close to the body. She looks flat and dried up like a fucking California raisin. <laughs> and extremely self-satisfied and efficient. George approaches her. My wife! She looks up, surprised, <laughs> recognizing him. Mary starts to run away from the attacker, and he follows desperately. George catches up to her, grabs her by the arm, and she keeps a tight and keeps a tight grip on her. She struggles to free herself, screaming, "Rape! Rape!" Hey, no, it's it's me, a Borat. Uh, don't you know me? You are uh, my number one bitch. I don't know you. Do you want me to scream rape Let me for go. you? Go, rape, rape! Don't make me get my rape whistle. Rape! Rape! It would be a kazoo. No, no, no. This is not. I put you in wedding sack. You not remember? Where are children? Mary breaks away from him and dashes into the first door she comes to, the Blue Moon Bar. Nice little gay bar in town. Go visit. Great drinks. Stiff members. (laughs) (laughs) door special. Small tables, booth, and is crowded. Many of them, of the people, the same who were present during the run on the run on the building and loan. Mary comes in screaming. Stranger danger! (laughs) (laughs) Place goes into her uproar. All the leather-clad boys are completely seeing what's going on. He's gone practically insane. Some of the men grab on and hold on to him. (laughs) It is about to be pleasure time, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Let me go. Oh, don't let me go. Wait, Mary, don't run away. Hey, Tom, you look like you have something to say. Do you? Won't somebody call the police? (laughs) (laughs) Hit him with the bottle. That man! Stop him! Unless he has cocaine, then bring him right this way. Tom, Ed, and Charlie, that is my wife, and I have a cocaine. Mary lets out a final scream when she sees the cocaine. They're faced into the arms of a couple of men at the bar. George can't fight through the men holding him back. Desperately, he thinks of Clarence. 
and heads for the door. Clarence, where the fuck you at? I don't like this. Just as George breaks through the door, Bert arrives in his police car. He gets out and heads for the door to run into George as he comes out. Oh, it's you. He grabs for George, grabbing him by the cockles, who lets him... Uh, who lets him have one square of the bourbon. <laughs> or button. Not bourbon, they're not drinking. Knocking him down and continues rustling through the street, yelling for Clarence. What? <laughs> Bert gets up and takes out his gun. Stand back! There's a hurricane coming through! <laughs> Bert fires several shots up in the air, out like Canyon Reeves and Point Break. It is amazing. And he gets into the police car, and the siren screaming sets off in pursuit. George has now returned to the same bridge where he was standing before Clarence jumped in. We saw his naked, wrinkly ball sack right in front of his eyes. He's frantically looking for Clarence. <laughs> hey, Clarence! Clarence, help me, Clarence! Get me back! Get me back! I don't care what happens to me, you know? Only get me back to my wife and kids! Help me, Clarence, please! Please, I want to live again! George sobs suddenly toward the end of the above. The wind dies down. A soft, gentle snow begins to fall. <laughs> The police cop moves up on the roadway behind him and Bert steps out of his car. Hop, hop. <laughs> I'm off the clock, Vinny Barbarino. Hey, George. George, you all right? George backs away and gets set to hit Bert again. Right in the knob. Hey, what's the matter? You get out of here, Bert, or I'll punch you right in your balloon knot. What the Sam Hill you yelling for, George? Hey, wait a minute. You know, wait, what? George reaches up and touches Bert. Unappropriately. Hey, Bert, you you know me? Know you? Are you kidding? I've been looking all over town trying to find you. I saw your car piled into that tree down there, and I thought, hey, your mouth's bleeding. Are you sure you're all right? George touches his lips with his tongue, wipes his mouth off with his hand, laughs happily. His rapture knows no bounds. Mm. <laughs> my mouth's bleeding, Bert. My mouth's bleeding. Dude, dude, pedals. They're here. Oh, my God. My pockets are back. Merry Christmas, everybody. He practically embraces the astonished Bert, then runs on top speed towards town, like the fucking Flash or a man riddled with cocaine. Both run equally fast. <laughs> His red car is smashed against a tree. He comes up running up, sees the car. He lets out a triumphant yell. <laughs> Pats the car, creams his pants, and dashes on. George sees that the Potterville sign is now replaced by the original You're now in Bedford Falls sign. Oh, Bedford Falls, oh my god. He turns around and runs through the fallen snow up the main street of the town, completely naked still. As he runs, he notices that the town is back to the original appearance. No more racist bars, <laughs> which is a good thing. He passes some late shoppers on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas! Happy Hanukkah! Have a tip-top tent! In solemn, dignified Ramadan. Go <laughs> <laughs> you oh, fuck yourself, George. <laughs> Put some clothes on. Merry Christmas! Look at those balls. Holy shit. Deck those halls. Merry That's Christmas! A little I see you're putting blue balls on the Christmas tree this year. <laughs> Unlike a Christmas tree, my balls aren't there for decoration. Oh my god! Merry Christmas, Body House. Merry Christmas, Bortello. Merry Christmas, Burlesque House. Merry Christmas, Building Alone. George notices a light in Potter's office window and races across the street. 
Potter is seated working at his desk, his goon by his side. George pounds on the window and pounds on his meat. <laughs> hey, Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter! Card! Happy New Year to you. In jail? Go on home. <sighs> They're waiting for you. I fucking hate that voice. <laughs> <laughs> Inside the Bailey home, the lights are on. There is a fire in the fireplace. The Christmas tree is fully decorated with presents stacked around. Carter, the bank examiner, a newspaper reportographer, getting ready for a cuck session, and the sheriff are all waiting at the hall for George. George comes dashing in the front door, still naked. Mary, Mr. Carter, oh, hello, Mr. Bank Examiner. I want you to know I just rubbed my balls all over Mr. Potter's window. Oh, my God. Hmm, deficit, Mr. Bailey. <coughs> That's unfortunate. The fuck you talking about? <laughs> George, I've got a little paper here. Oh, I got weed if you've got rolling papers. <laughs> I'll bet that's a warrant for my arrest for running around nude yelling at the transients. Merry Christmas. The photographer sets off a flashbulb, capturing all the glory. Reporters, oh my God, where's Mary? Mary, oh, look at this wonderful old draft house. Oh, Mary. Mary, have you seen my wife? Wait, Mary is my wife. I'm confused. It's probably all the coke. Merry Christmas, Dad. Merry Christmas, Daddy. Merry Christmas, bitch. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Daddy. You're not my real dad. <laughs> this is where I should have done the kid voice. Hey, look, it's kids. I don't even know who half of you is. Wait, which one of you is George Jr.? Get the fuck out. You're adopted. George starts to run up the stairs, and an old familiar knob on the banister comes off in his hand. The one he used to shove up his ass nightly before he went to bed. He kisses it lovingly, still tasting that wonderful night, and puts it back on and continues up the stairs. Oh, I love kissing my knob. Hey, Pete, kids, Jane and Tommy, I don't know your names. Uh, I could eat you up, because, you know, I'm a cannibal. Uh, where's your mother? She went looking for you with Uncle Billy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Pazuzu, my little ginger snack, how you doing? I've been better, but whatever. And not as mid of temperature. Not as mid What the fuck does that mean? Is that the metric system again? As Mary comes to the door, I mean, come. <laughs> Breathless and excited, the four men are watching her open mouth. Just wanting to dive into that fresh hair pie. <laughs> oh, hey, George, darling. Mary, Mary races up the stairs where George meets her in a fierce embrace, fingers and anus. Uh-uh, six feet apart. George, darling, where the fuck have you been? Hey, Mary, let me touch you. Look, nah, I have all five of my testicles. It's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, George. Mary's faking it like she normally does. You have no idea. I was touched by an angel. You want to see? <laughs> you have no idea what happened. George, come on downstairs quick. I call my They're way on way. their way. I'm on my way too. Oh my God. Mary Lee's George, who is carrying a couple of the kids on his back to, to a position in front of the Christmas tree. Hey kids, get in the position, you know. I wasn't touching that joke. I don't like that one, Daddy. You know, I have an Hermes upstairs that's way more aesthetically pleading than these children. I don't know what that means. So come in here, children. I love you so much. Now you stand right over there, and you stand here, and right there. Oh my God, don't move. Don't move at all. Oh my God, I hear them, George. 
It's a miracle! It's a miracle! Oh my god, are you Michael Ruzioni? She runs towards the door and flicks her bean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hate the way this place smells. Uncle Billy, face fucked, covered with semen, and carrying clothes basket with money, burst in. He is followed by Ernie and about 20 more townspeople. Come in, Uncle Billy, or Vladimir, or whoever your name is now. Everybody in here. God, this movie sucks so much. Uncle Vladibill, Mary and the crowd come into the living room. A table stands in front of George. George picks up Zuzu and protects her from the mob. Uncle Billy dumps the basket of money onto the table. It's all the cocaine payments. The money overflows and falls over. Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> the rest of them greet George with greetings and smiles and handies galore. Each one comes forward with money in their pockets and shoe boxes and coffee pots. Money pours onto the table. Pennies, dimes, quarters, dollar bills, which were used to snort up the cocaine. They still have remnants on it. Small money, but lots of it. More people come in. People just keep on coming and coming and coming. The pace becomes a bedlam of semen. <laughs> it's so sticky oh, around these. Oh, wow. What the hell? That's got to be a fire hazard with all these people in here. Holy Please. shit. Uh, Have you seen all this money? Can't Someone's get a word in edgewise. Hey, out of my snap. A bunch comes in and pours out his money. Mary stands next to George, watching him. George stands there to overcome and speechless as he holds Zuzu. Let go, daddy. <laughs> George does not let go. As he sees the familiar faces, he gives them sick grims. Mary did it, George. Mary did it. She told a few people that you were in trouble, and, and she signed up for OnlyFans, and they all bought her subscription. You're fine. You're fine. They didn't ask questions. They just said, as long as you're naked, you can count on me. You never saw anything like it. Tom comes in after seeing the feet pictures that Mary posted online, digging into his purse as he comes. Oh, God, fiscal solvency. Several people step up behind Tom. And form up a queue line. They all just want to sniff Mary's feet. Hi, hey, hi. I made the rounds of my accounts. Line hey, forms hey. on the right, Mr. Martini. Merry Christmas. Step right up here. What is this, George? Another another run on the bank? Hey, you are, George. My fucking Christmas. <laughs> I'm British. <laughs> Busted the fucking jukebox, too, you fucking twat. I'm not going to New York, George. I changed my mind. <laughs> Saving this money for the boss. If I ever get a husband, well, there you are, George. I got the faculty all out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> now, just a minute. Quiet, everybody. Quiet, quiet, fucking quiet. Now, this is from London. Mister Gower cables you need cash. Stop. My office instructed to advance you to twenty-five thousand dollars. Stop. I don't know how to read a telegram. Hee haw! Merry Christmas, <laughs> Sam fucking Wainwright. Cheers! Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mr. Martini, I would offer you some wine, but somebody seems to drink it all. So can I interest you in a nice diet fresca? None of the calories, none of the taste. <laughs> As various members of the family bring out a punch bowl and glasses of the salty fresca, Jamie sits down at the place and strikes a chord. Oh, the piano, not a place. I guess the piano was a place. Starts playing Piano Man. 
So sing us a song, Mr. Piano Man. <laughs> hey, don't touch my piano, you syphilitic whore. She also has syphilis, and I find that endearing. <laughs> she starts playing. Hark, the Herald Angels sing. People are coming in and dropping their money on the table. Carter, the bank examiner, makes a donation. The sheriff sheepishly looks at George and tears his pants off and the warrant as well. He is erect and fucking rigid. <laughs> in the midst of this scene, Harry <laughs> in his naval uniform enters. Why, uh, hello, everybody. Ignore that other southern gentleman. I am back from the war. I did not die at eight years old or nine. Hello, George. How are you, good sir? Hey, look, it's Harry. Like, not just your name, but also a description of your balls. <laughs> Use Creed and Gill's code at uh, manscaped.com. Yeah, fucking... <laughs> Looks like I got too late to the party. Everyone's jizzed all over the table. There's money. I'm ad-libbing because I only got seven lines in this story, so I'm going to keep it going as long as possible. Yeah, the Navy's known for their flying act. Harry, what about your banquet in New York? I left right in the middle of it in the banquet in New York, if y'all didn't hear that. Um... As soon as I got Mary's telegram. Ernie hands Harry a glass of wine and Fresca as a chaser. <laughs> salty, salty Fresca. <laughs> Fresca only for me. Yeah, I only like the salt. Uh, salt of the sea ocean. The salt of these long lines and diatribes. Good idea, Ernie. A toast to my little big bitch <laughs> brother George. The richest man in town. <laughs> oh. I love that you have a southern accent, even though we're from upstate New York. That's awesome. Once more, the crowd breaks into cheering and applause. Yeah! yeah hey! Fuck yeah! That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Fuck yeah! And so in blue kazoo at their ass, which was amazing. That's a good party trick. Janie at the piano and Bert on his accordion playing. Who the fuck plays the accordion anymore? It's a lost art. I miss it. Bring back accordions 2021. His name is Bert Yankovic. Where the fuck did Bert get an accordion? <laughs> they start playing Odd Lang Syne, whatever the fuck that means, and everyone joins in. Good luck, everyone. George, still holding Zuzu in his arms, glances down the pile of money and cocaine on the table. At this moment, perhaps because of the jostling of some of the people on the other side of the tree, a little silver ball, two silver balls actually drop down. The Christmas tree swings to and fro like a mesmerizing ball sack of an old man jogging <laughs> with a silvery, silvery tinkle. Nice little tinkle, you know? You get the silver hairs bouncing <laughs> in the right light. It's beautiful. Father, I am aware of your absence from the timeline. It has set into motion a horrific series of events. We can change this, but we have to wait until after the credits. But until then... Look, Daddy! Teacher says every time a bell rings, his angels get in a rim job. And his wings. That's the dumbest shit I ever heard. Me too! I know, right? He looks up towards the ceiling, still naked, holding his daughter, which is completely fucking weird. There's a huge line of coke off the table, and then one off her forehead, and he stares up at the ceiling and winks. But not with my eyes, you know? Yeah, the third eye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>